We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Danemore NBA podcast, and I'm pumped for this episode. Like, we have been, we've been together for the last like half hour, and we've made it a point to not talk at all to each other about Lamelo Ball. I'm with Wildeberg; he's the assistant men's basketball coach from the University of St. Thomas, and I just told Will that Josh Boone was Lamelo Ball's teammate. You watched every one of his games and did not realize that that was Josh Boone. I was so locked in on on Lamelo that I didn't even. I might have to restart and watch these. <laughs> it doesn't watch even this work somewhere. anymore. Aaron Brooks, obviously, yeah, I knew was that. There. Yeah, I got that. One. You know what? I've li- like I was listening to another Lamelo Ball pod today, and people were like making fun of the fact that it was Aaron Brooks. I'm like, is on the team. He's like, oh, the back guy's backup point guard. I'm like, at least that's one player who I'm like somewhat familiar with. It's not a random body out there, and also it was like a point guard to watch him play with. I'm like, this is. This is actually one of the, like the most helpful things. I thought it was really helpful because yeah, like Lamelo. I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about this, but he's got to like any point guard or lead guard in the NBA. You're going to have to play next to a point guard sometimes. I mean, the first couple of games was after Aaron Brooks had like torn his Achilles, I think. Yeah. So so like Lamelo didn't play, and then Aaron Brooks pops up in the film. I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> this isn't just like the Lamelo pick and roll show the whole time. But um, but yes, we're going to talk about Lamelo Ball today. Um, he played the season um, in Australia, uh, 12 games for the, for the Illawarra Hawks. Am I saying that yep. right? I think so. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the, yeah, I think just the place I want to start is kind of by acknowledging that going through all of Lamelo's film, for me and for you too, was different, right? Like, mm. I went into, say, like Tyrese Halliburton. Like I go into Tyrese Halliburton's film, and I got, I don't know anything. You know, I, I didn't watch him play in college, and it's just sort of a blank slate. Like, LaMelo Ball is – he's just a known commodity. He's unavoidable, right? Like, we've been hearing and seeing LaMelo Ball for years now. So, we have, like, an idea of 
what he looks like, what he kind of feels like um, as a player. So with that, I'm wondering, like, when you sat down, set on, set, sat down <laughs> to turn on the film to watch him, like, what are you trying to figure out? What was what, – what did you want to come out of watching 12 games of clips of LaMelo Ball? Well, for me, and you kind of touched on it, but for me it's like we've heard about this guy for, I don't know, five, six, seven years. We know about his dad. We know about Lonzo. We've seen, like, the high school clips of him shooting <laughs> half-court threes. So, like, he's been around. So right. we've talked about him. We've, we've been aware of him. But, like, I had never watched him play basketball, like really watched him play basketball. Like a, like As, a game. Right. Aside from, like, these crazy YouTube highlights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, I was kind of like, hmm, put all that stuff aside. What yeah. what does he actually I don't know, what does he actually look like as a and like that's what you do with everybody right what do they <laughs> actually look like but for me like I didn't know like I've heard of, all about this guy and he's been but, a but celebrity. he's got the labels right of like you, you kind of know he's got the funky jump shot form he's apparently like a super intellectual like basketball savant when it comes to passing right mm-hmm. and he's got he's got really good size particularly for a point guard and. And, you know, you want to see how that kind of all all comes, you know, all comes together because those are just, you know, those are just sort of characteristics. That isn't like, that isn't sort of like your game, right? You, those are just attributes. Right. Um, so, so like, I guess, so what is your answer? What did, what did, like, what was the thing that you like set down and you were like, this is what I want to, like, I want to know. Well, I wanted to know what he was like just in an ordinary game. Like, what what was he like? You know, you see the the flashy stuff, yeah. the, the unbelievable passes, like like I don't know, like the great court vision and all that stuff. But like, what was he like shooting the ball? Like he obviously has a unique looking mm-hmm. jump shot. But <laughs> what did that result to? Yeah. How was he on defense? Like, did he play hard? Like those little right. things that like we've talked about with some of these other guys. Like, what did he look like in? in, in How those? did he impact the game? Correct. Sort of, yeah. Sort of um. So yeah, I kind of went into it like knowing that he's a top five pick most likely, right. um, which is impossible not to like acknowledge. Mm-hmm. So then you just try to dive into like the, I don't know, the, the finite details of his, of his game. Sure. For me, I think it was, you just think about the point guard, right? Being that big. And, you know, I wanted to see like what the impact of that size looked like, even if it's against Australian league competition, like what, how does he use that size to be a better passer? Is he using it, the size to be a better passer? Is he using the size to get off more shots? And I think the answer to that for me was yes. Like, I watched him be able to be six foot seven and, you know, like be able to th- get up and throw a pass like over a big man, mm-hmm. over the guard who's on him, I mean, particularly in pick and roll. You know, that's good. And I like, and I was also able to like see some of that intellect, and I mean, we'll get into more of that. That there's certainly flaws, ton of turnovers and issues there, but at the same time, like, I feel a lot more comfortable now agreeing with the notion that Lamelo Ball is a special passer, because or a special special at reading the floor, because mm-hmm. I saw him do it a lot of times, yeah, in in unique ways that, you know, quite, quite frankly, like a lot of NBA point guards don't do. And I think if you if you fuse those two things together, where he is this oversized point guard, and he does actually have this this intellect, then now we're pretty close to like a generational talent. If he can't even even if we acknowledge that the jump shot 
has mm-hmm. issues, you know, to be worked out. And if we acknowledge that physically he isn't like up to the task defensively, like I went into it. It didn't take me very long to be like, yeah, there really is something here that I could come to believe that this is a star. Yeah. Coming coming out of the yeah, coming out of this class, which we haven't really felt, right, with right. any of the other prospects. You can see it. Like mm-hmm. he, he makes plays in that one game. Uh, and hold on, back up. I think it's yeah. important. We have not talked about him before. Like this is this. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't actually know if you like him or not. Right. So this is the <laughs> first conversation we we did this intentionally mm-hmm. um, to avoid I don't know skewing our <laughs> opinion. So I think that's important to know. But like, yes, you see the talents there. Right. The talent is there. He's he's got the you know the body. He's six seven and long and moves well and he runs well and um, and then you you compound the fact that he's a point guard, you put those two things together and it's like, yeah, he's got a, you know, he's special. Yeah. But that being said, I think there's a lot of flaws that like worry me Mm -hmm. where it's like, if it doesn't work, I'm not going to be totally surprised. Right. Um, And that sounds like I'm kind of down on him. I don't think I am, but there's a lot of stuff that, that, that I'm concerned about. And we can get into it now or later. I don't right. know if you want to start with. Well, I guess just to kind of like show my hand, you know. Yeah. Like, LaMelo Ball will be the top guy on my board. Yeah. And I had, I mean, was a lot higher than you are on Anthony Edwards. I was kind of you know, going into this thinking that Anthony Edwards was going to be the best player from this class. In my mind, that I, you know, I'd watched at least all of the really good prospects in this class. And, um, and just was – willing to sort of bet on the idea that Anthony Edwards is this freak athlete. He, he fits the mold. I like his stroke. There's, there's things to be ironed out. But there are kind of a lot of guys like that, maybe not in this class that are like Anthony Edwards, but there's a lot of players like that in the NBA, right? There are not a lot of guys in the NBA like LaMelo Ball. And he specifically fits – like this modern style of spread pick and roll four or five guys out. And, and obviously I'm always looking at this stuff more through the angle or the lens of the Timberwolves. And he just fits like, it's so easy for me to see how he isn't just like an added little feature to the Timberwolves. It's easy for me to see him on the floor with D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns and Malik Beasley and, and seeing that he, makes that like way more dynamic given that size that we're talking about, given that ability to, I mean, just straight up, like whatever team he's going to get on, like the stretch big next to him is going to get like major points up because he's elite at triggering the big and pick and pop. So with Carl Anthony Towns, like I'll go into more reasons later on why, like I think he's really good fit for the wolves, but that in and of itself, that Carl Anthony Towns is the best stretch big in the NBA, I think. And LaMelo Ball makes stretch bigs even better. Yes, and I think probably right away as a 19-year-old, and for sure, I think, as once he's 22, 23 years old. Mm-hmm. So I – like, yes, to back up, I would agree he's going to be number one on my big board too. And I'm going to get into the reasons why I'm concerned still, and I don't mean to, yeah. like, hedge my bet, but I want to, like, talk about the upside and, and all that. Mm-hmm. One of the things I was going to say, and you kind of hit on it, was anywhere he goes, whether it's the Wolves or, or elsewhere – He's gonna fit in because because of the way he he understands like his feel for the game 
Right, is, and I was kind of like, I didn't know that going right. in. I thought he was like going to have to be a point guard yeah. on the team. But I just think he's, I don't know, he, he's got a, yeah, he's, his feel, his IQ is, is really, really good. Um, I don't know if IQ is the right word because he does make some really bad decisions, but like his feel, like he knows where everyone is on the court, and mm-hmm. I think that's going to be like he's going to fit in wherever he goes. And I think that's a huge compliment to any basketball player. If you can just plug him in on a team without knowing who else is around you. Right. I just think not only LaMelo, but as far as basketball goes in general, that's just like one of the ultimate compliments. Is like he's he's going to fit in. Doesn't matter. I don't care what he can do, like whatever. He's going to fit into that team. And and what I and there might be somebody, you know, who's listening to this who's who's more skeptical on LaMelo Ball, and that would be fair. I wouldn't like I'm not And that's be, totally fair. Yeah. I'm not going to be like fighting anybody on that, but like the thing is, is like we could, like we could, we could be saying this about a smaller player, like a point guard. You, you, like you could make an argument that some six foot tall, six foot one guy, like you know, I think he'll be able to fit in. He'll either be a point guard on the team, or you know what, he'll just make it work. I believe in his feel for the game, and he could play alongside another point guard. The thing that Lamelo has going for him is he can, like, he can fit into a team because he's he's big enough to like at least size-wise, positionally slide up. And he has the skill set to be a point guard, mm-hmm. which, yes, issues, turnovers, ball handling, like needs to get tighter. But he can play multiple different like positions. You can play him. I believe you can play him with the D'Angelo Russell, mm-hmm. you know, or I think you could, you know, plug in, just plug him into a team that needs a point guard. I think, I think that would be, you know, I think that would be fine too. So, so yeah, I believe he's gonna. I believe he's gonna fit in on pretty much any team he goes on, and the, the downside just comes from the fact of him like never really like embracing learning, right? Because he has so much. He has so much to learn. He has so much to iron out in his game, and I don't think for the good stuff that we saw from him in Australia, the talent, like the, the special elements of him, I don't think we saw a lot of like a learning progression. Right. A lot of a lot of the mistakes he was making, you know, back in the beginning of the season yeah. were similar to the, you know, to the to the last few games. So he, this guy, absolutely has to learn, and has to a coaching staff has to get to him, you know, to be able to have set success. But he is talented enough and big enough to play on just about any roster. Yeah, and I want to, and I want to just, I guess, get this out there. I am not as high on him as you are. Just based on okay. what you've told me, he's number one on mine as of now, mainly because of the other guys who would be number Dude, one. That's so, me too. That's so me it's too. a little bit of like, okay, I guess I'll put Lamelo one because of I don't like Edwards. I I wouldn't take a center who can't really mm-hmm. shoot. So whatever, we can get into that later. But um, I think it's important to all these good things we're saying. He had a really bad season. <laughs> yeah, he was terrible. Mm-hmm. His the record was bad. His stats were bad. His turnovers were bad. Like he was not good last year. So we're saying all these good things in content. Like, he struggled big time. Yeah. No, a- absolutely. And and I'm, I'm with you, too. Like, so, like, if my point is, like, are we buying into too much? Like, if we just look at the look at his numbers and look at the games, like, I'm what, I'm getting into, at, what I'm getting at is he's going to struggle next year as a rookie. Oh, for sure. Big time. I'm buying into the fact that what are the other options to, to choose from here, from, from the top, from the other top picks? I agree with that. Like, you know, and I'm, I think people – I think some people really like Anyeka Kangu or, like, Tyrese Halliburton or, you know, uh, Devin Vassell. Like, mm-hmm. but, but those guys are – I mean, I would just be really shocked if any of them become 
a special player yeah. in, in the NBA. And and so part of this, you know, with LaMelo Ball is I at least I can I can start charting a path to how he becomes like a dynamic, you know, your prototypical first overall pick where you're like, yeah, this guy, this guy, you know, by the time he's 21 is on the progression to becoming right. an all-star. And I, I, I can I can see that coming from him, and that's it's a lot. It's it's hard for me to say about anybody else in the lottery from this group other than Anthony Edwards. And I would say with James Wiseman, I could I could see that too. I don't I don't know. I, I just from having watched the film, basically, and every one of the other, and one of these guys probably will, but it's it's hard for me to see like a special upside with any of the other guys. And and I go back to the fact of why I have Lamelo up there is because he just. He's like coming into the league. He's coming into a league that he fits. Mm-hmm. Like his his skill set fits. So where do you think he like? We've if it doesn't work in five years, we're like, yeah. Remember when Lamelo Ball was the third overall pick in the like? Yeah. Why? Um, I mean, so so for him to have success, right? Like he's gonna have to be a dynamic pick and roll player. This, let's just talk about offense, like, and, and this sounds kind of cliche, but you can just you could see a Ricky Rubio type development happening where he's like, oh yeah, this is a dynamic pick and roll player in in his ability to pass the ball, but let's just you know just drop like your classic high pick and roll. Say it's Cat, you know, Cat's coming up to set the screen for him. Well, it's going to be really important that Lamelo is able to Cat sets the screen drag his man and the big man defender with him, right, to open up Cat. To do that, his shot is going to need to be somewhat respected by the defender and or his ability to get to the the rack is going to need to be respected. Otherwise, you know, like next year, for me, if if my team's playing against the mellow ball and Cat, I'm leaving one guy on Cat the whole time. It's like, do not put two guys You're on the ball. You're just going to jam the ball screen. Yeah. Not your big's just going to. Right? Yeah. Like, and, and just say, okay, so Lamelo has this window to make a play. One dribble. Yeah, make a, like, make a play, like a him play, a him scoring play, a shooting, a driving play. And there's a lot to be concerned about with Lamelo's game from a shooting perspective and from a getting to, to the rack perspective, particularly finishing around the rim. I mean, there's big issues there. So he, that's, that's one of my biggest worries. And I think it comes back to, and I don't, Sorry to cut you no, off. No, no, but no. I that's, think, what I'm, that's what I would I say. I think he's – watching him, it's like both on offense and defense, he's scared of contact. Totally. And that's what I kept coming back to. Like, can you be good? And maybe you can learn it. But, like, he would drive, and it's like I thought he was going to go up and either try to, like, dunk it or, like, attack the rim and turn Always into, like – reverse. Turn in, like, fling, a, an yeah. eight-foot floater. And then uh, we can get so into his defense. Ones. But, like, I just – it felt like – I don't know if you've ever watched, like, sixth grade traveling basketball. <laughs> Or like seven, the guy who's really good on the court, mm-hmm. who like would never try to get his his hands dirty. Like he would always kind of be floating, and yeah. like there's a loose ball, and he would kind of like fake jab <laughs> at it, and like make the coach think you're going for it. But right. it really, it's like you're not going for that. No, ball. I know what you're saying. And sure. so I don't know if, if people listening. What I would what I that. would say is he's not that far removed from being a seventh grader. Yeah, like I mean that that's part of it. Yeah, it's, it's like the so so is like is that a defining. Is that a defining characteristic of the seventh grader? Is that a defining characteristic of LaMelo Ball? Will he always be somebody who's afraid to get his hands dirty? Because, yeah, if he is, if he doesn't want to play physical, 
Like, it's not going to work. And the other thing of that is teams are going to go at him. Ah. So not only is he not physical to begin with, teams are going to make it a point. Yep. Just like they did with Lonzo, mm-hmm. teams are going to make it a point to just beat him up. Yep. Both offensive defense. Like, they're going to come at him, especially his rookie year. And so, so like, that's pretty easy to picture too, right? Like, you got Avery Bradley, Patrick Beverly picking him up right at half yep. court. Like, all right, let's go. I'm going to turn you the whole time. And – for every bit that uh, your height, his height is an asset, right? Like he's got a really high dribble. He's not he's not strong with his dribble. So so if you got if you got Avery Bradley up in you there and he's doing his thing where he's dribbling the ball up like to his sternum, like way like way up high. I mean he's just coming down lazy. Like mm-hmm. no, I, I was actually really surprised that none of the Australia teams were just like, yeah, like hey, who's our best on ball defender? Go turn him the whole way. Mm-hmm. Like why did that never happen? I, I don't get that because. Yeah, I think that's the thing you do to him right away because he is so upright. He is so tall. He isn't strong. Right. And and that's part of being 6'7", 6'10", wingspan, and 190 pounds. Like, he's frail, even for, like, an 18, 19-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of possessions where, he, like, and I had no – I have no skin in the game. I don't care if they win or lose, but I'm like yeah. – like, just in my mind, I was like, dude, just pass the ball. Stop dribbling. <laughs> like, it would be, like, 10, 11, 12 dribbles. I'm like – and then, he, and then it. it would be a 16-foot floater. <laughs> they got blocked usually. <laughs> um, no, so no, I mean, like, the lows are so So low. bad. They're so yeah. terrible. Yeah, and who was the other guy we did where it was like, I think we talked about, like, his good plays were incredible and his bad. Was it a, a Kongwu? I'm trying to There was somebody that we were like, yeah. remember his good plays, if you just watched those, we were like, he'd be but, the, okay, but maybe man, it was I mean, Obi don't you think, I don't know. Don't but, you think it's about, like, don't you think it's about focusing on the good plays, though, if they're an 18, 19-year-old? Like, whether that's a Kongwu or whoever it is. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but. I guess it's, are you looking at a glass half full or a glass half empty? Are you trying to find, like, there's been some of these other guys who I've been lower on, and I'm highlighting the glass half empty I guess, argument, I think, but. yes, to answer that, I think, yes, you want to focus on the good, but you don't, you want the bad to be, like, at a certain level. Like, right. his bad is, like, horrible. Yeah, and. And, there's, and there was plays, I mean. I wish we could like show them somehow, but like, they there were plays where I was like, "What are you like? What are you doing?" So okay, so I got a question for you. So those plays, because there's about fifty of them a game. <laughs> like, if he was playing, you know, if he would have gone to UCLA, mm-hmm. and he's playing a major D one program, like, do you think we, like, if there was fifty terrible plays yet for the year, like, what if he had thirty five because now he's playing in the D one? like system under a real coach. I mean, not to say his coach isn't real, but like, you know, just in, in that sort of system, like would he have been coached up better playing right. D1 basketball this year? Would have the all the messiness been, not all of it, but some of it been cleaned up? I, I mean, you would think so. I think it is hard. I mean, D1 basketball, they're really, really good basketball players at Division One, obviously, yeah. especially the level he would have played at. Right. Like you're playing against future pros. However, the future pros are 19, 20, 21 years old. Yeah. In Australia, he's playing against 30-year-old grown men who are doing this for a living. Yeah. So I think, yes, I think any 18-year-old is going to struggle more against 30-year-olds sure. than they would against their peers. Um, and but, so, But I, I think it was more of a mental thing. It was so, like, I'm just going to do what I want. That's what he, he just – I mean, that's what he did. Both sides of the ball, he just said, I'm going to do what I want. And that worries me because that's how he's been – that's how he's been his whole, his whole life. And I don't know, can you – like. It's not going to work in the NBA. He's not. I don't think he's that. Yeah. Good. Oh no. I totally agree with that. You know what I mean? He's not that good. Where it's like, no. like 
LeBron could have came in and, d- and sure. did whatever he wanted because it was going to work because it was LeBron. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's – obviously LeBron's the extreme example. Right. But I don't think it would have – or I don't think – I don't know. He's To me, it's going to work if – and I don't how, – how is he mentally? Yeah. Because he's going to get his ass kicked his first Right. You year. know, that's probably, that's probably how I should have answered, like, your question of if it doesn't work in five years. That's the answer is he's just – He's going to figure it out. He's entitled. Yes. And, and believes that, like, it's all, you know, it's all about him. I'm going to do it my way. Mm-hmm. I've always done it my way. Yeah, that, that's probably what it is. I think mentally is going to be – is the biggest factor, and it's unfortunately something that we don't We don't know. know. And, and I guess then to tie it into what I was saying is, like, how that plays out on the basketball court is he doesn't find consistent footwork for his jump shot. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hit the weight room as he needs to to be able to be stronger to finish at the rim. Because that's, that's how that manifests in basketball. Yes. It's like, that's not going to work. If, if he shoots and, and finishes the same way that he did as an 18, 19-year-old when he's 22 years old, like, yeah, no, that's, that's not going to work. You're not – no team is going to let you be shooting seven, eight threes a game at 25%. Just like, oh, somebody fell down, I'm going to like – this might be a highlight if I make this three right, right now. There's like, a lot of plays like that. Yeah, I mean, he played. He played like his buddy was sitting courtside, you know, just filming all of his stuff to post it on Instagram. Uh, he did. I mean, no. because it's like uh, you know when you do that, or you, you, know, you see those videos of like kids who like prop their their phone up when they're playing in the park and it's just running the whole time. This it's is like, the first. Oh. This is the first pick of the NBA draft. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, like that's what he did, and then and then he's like, well, the highlights are gonna edit out all the bad stuff. Yeah. Like <laughs> we're that, not editing out the bad stuff. That's a good analogy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I let me do my size comps. Lamelo Ball, six seven, six ten, one ninety. These players are really weird, and I, th- and I think you'll so – Wait, say that again? 6'7", height and shoes. 6'10", 190. 6'10", That's what the ringer has. He's a, another one of the tricky ones where – and, and some people – That looks right. I don't know. Yeah, I was listening to something today, and they're like, oh, I think it's going to be like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, wingspan. And that would be a pretty big difference. Yeah. You know, but let, let's go off of that. And, and it's, it's interesting, again, through the Timberwolves lens, that's exactly Jared Culver. He's the exact same height. Hmm. Uh, wingspan and weight as Jared Culver. Uh, Shea Gilders Alexander is a little bit longer, a little bit lighter. He's 180. Uh, Pat McCaw, Karis Levert is exactly the same. Justin Jackson, remember him, North Carolina. Dante Exum. Yep. Alan Crabb, not a very different type of player, but again, that lanky kind of guy. Former Wolf. Former Wolf this year for like seven games. Uh, Tony Snell, which is now we're talking about like a <laughs> like a – three and D guy who can maybe even play like small ball four yeah. has in the NBA. Uh, and then like a, even Will Barton is that too. Who's like a, I think that's actually kind of a good comp of where like he can be the lead ball handler, but doesn't necessarily have to play his, you know, he, he in Portland, he played next to Damian Lillard. Um, obviously in Denver now he's playing against like playing alongside Jamal Murray. And then Alec Burks was the other one I went into too. That size, though, this is what I wanted to ask you. And I, I was going to text you this, but I was like, oh, save it for the bot. Like, what, what is the advantage in your eyes? Just like pure basketball, whatever. It could be the sixth, seventh grader. It could be the, the high school kid. It could be in college at St. Thomas. Like, when your point guard is that much bigger, like, what, what value does that, does that provide, do you see? Well, I might answer this differently than normal. I think the advantage is bigger defensively. Okay. And I think a lot of people think offense and size and can no, see over. Right. And I think that's like the common answer. I think the length just to disrupt the other mm-hmm. team's point guard, in my mind, is like the biggest advantage. To put a, a six seven lanky guy on, on another, especially in the NBA where 
the point guards are so good. Mm-hmm. If he can turn into a good defender where he's just like right. the six seven rangy good athlete that can I don't know. So to me, the value more is on defense. So um I I saw this second hand, but it was a it was a quote from a podcast that JJ Reddick, your boy, yeah, uh went on. <laughs> he liked your tweet the other day. That was good. Um he said JJ Reddick said if his wingspan was four inches longer, he would be twenty percent better as a player. And he doesn't he have like a historically small wingspan for his size? I think he's just probably like even like he's like six, six four, six four, yeah. or something like that, you know, or six three, six three, like, and and I I think that I he think would that know is, better, obviously. I, I don't. But know. I think that's your point, right? Yeah, like I think that, that's the idea. Is is that I mean the, the the reason it's important, particularly if you're not a great athlete like JJ Redick isn't, and I don't think Lamelo Ball is either. No. Like that length makes up for some of that by being able mm-hmm. to reach, and that's defensively as you know, you're kind of talking about is being able to play the passing lights, being able to like recover, even if your feet can't. Yeah. And then, or if you're just going to the basket, like JJ Redick, whenever JJ Redick goes, like drives to the hoop one, he's only doing it if it's like a clear open lane, but, but he can't like, he's not, he can't even really like get up there and like touch the backboard, you right. know, and finish it in there. It's always got to be some sort of flink, but even if JJ Redick had four more inches on that, like he could drive and finish so much more. So to, to like the Lamelo point, while the finishing and all of that is, you know, is concerning, I do see craft in his ability to get to the basket. Yeah. I do see craft in his defense. And I think that size with some more maturity, maybe even some more growth. Like, who knows? Who knows? Dude, How old is he? 18? When's it's like 18.6, according to the ring, or seven or something. So, yeah, they say 18 and seven months. So, like, that's obviously Giannis is like the – hyperbolic example of that where you like grew three came in yeah. at that age and like grew three inches. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't think Lamelo's is getting much bigger than he is right now. Mostly just looking at his brother. Who right. is it? Like he's already a lot bigger than Lonzo, but t- to me, so much of it, I just come back to is I like him because he has that size and he has a skill set that just, just fits this. Right. It just fits this league. And, and it's, like I don't if I was drafting for every team, I'm not saying he's like the clear cut number one on my board. Like obvious, if somebody if somebody else you know has the first pick and Anthony Edwards makes more sense on their team, like I wouldn't even say that's drafting for fi- like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have a problem with that. Like yeah, I'd be like okay cool. I think the, I would, but because you don't like Anthony Edwards. I, I yeah I don't yeah. But okay, so who's who's your second favorite guy in this draft? If Lamelo's one for you, Vassal. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, so hold on. Lamella's one with an asterisk next to it. Like, I've got a lot. Like, I don't know if I'm going to have, like, a. I might have a 1A, 1B, 1C. Like, that might be more of my. Sure. Well, for me, what I'm saying is 1A is Lamella, 1B is Edwards. Okay. And, and then, then I, I'm applying that to the Timberwolves. And, okay. And on the Timberwolves, Lamella ball, like, if it works, is makes like leads to exponential growth of the group. Whereas agreed with that. Whereas Anthony Edwards doesn't. And like again, so so we've talked about it on offense. Like they're the spread pick and roll team, right? That functionally is going to be a team that runs high pick and roll with Cat and Dilo, right? And then surrounding them, you want to have your Malik Beasley's as another weapon as a secondary ball handler. You want to have maybe a better version of Wancho Hernan Gomez, some sort of like stretch four. But those players are those players assist the foundation of the offense, which is D'Lo and Cat. What LaMelo Ball could be 
he could be part of the core, that core action yeah. of, of what D'Lo and Cat are doing. You could put – that could be LaMelo and Cat in, that, in your pick and roll. That could be, you know, D'Lo and LaMelo. That could be interchangeable, like, okay, we don't have it with D'Lo over to LaMelo. Now go set the screen that way. Like, if LaMelo works, it's – given his style of play – it helps so much more than if Malik Beasley works. Let me ask you something. If we went back and watched D'Angelo Russell freshman year at Ohio State, do you mm-hmm. think we would see similarities between these two? Like, think about it. Think about yeah. it. Good size, good passer, yeah. shot is funky early at the age of 18 sure. or 19, uh, horrible on defense. Like, I don't know. I think they check a lot. Of, great feel. Like, I court vision. Like, For I sure. just – I don't know. I To me, there's – So, So, it's actually – it's – now, I wasn't going back and watching Ohio State stuff, but I have been going back and watching D'Angelo Russell stuff or some other things I've been doing. And, you know, it's a, a huge question for the Timberwolves is like, you know, what, what is wrong? Obviously, what is wrong with Carl Anthony Towns' defense? But what, what is wrong with D'Angelo Russell's defense? And what's wrong with D'Angelo Russell's defense or what's wrong with D'Angelo Russell is just really slow feet. Mm-hmm. And, and like, that's never going to change either, right? You that's just, never going to change. That's an, a, that's an athleticism thing. And, and that's not what LaMelo Ball's athletic problem is. His athletic problem is he doesn't have strength, and I don't think he has spring. His feet are quick. Yeah. And, and I think we see that a little bit more on offense, maybe just because he's practiced that yeah. more. But, but that will be the difference. Yes, similar, similar player to D'Lo in that, because what stu- stood out most was the passing, right? Right. And, and, yeah, we see that with LaMelo. But I, I, think that, I think the two could work together. Is, this, is it fair to say that LaMelo – because I think, I think it's easy to mix this up in basketball. He's an unbelievable passer, sure. but I think he's a below-average decision maker. Right now, for sure, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he has, he makes some passes where it's like, I th- like they compare him to like, I don't know, Jason Williams or or mm-hmm. Magic, like the way right. he passes it. But like his shot selection, yeah, terrible. The way like he doesn't set guys up. Like he makes his assists are like nice, like. Mm-hmm fast break passes or whatever, but he doesn't like make the pass that then leads to the assist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. simple plays. I think Kyra Lewis, we talked about does a pretty good job of that. Sure. Um, so yes, I think it's important to note. He's an un- unbelievable passer, probably below average decision maker. Those yes. aren't, those aren't the same thing. Yeah. yeah I, I, I totally agree. And, and I, and you don't want, and I don't want to get too caught up in the plays that worked really well. Right. Where it was like, Oh, yeah. Like you made that thread the needle. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but there were those, there were also like more basic things that were special. And I, I, I did send you the one clip where it's the, the high screen and he whips it to the guy in the corner. Yeah. Like that isn't a thread the needle pass. That's just a special pass. Yeah. That's the vision and the, and then the arm strength to be able to, to make that play. So yeah, like a lot of his decisions were really bad, but a lot of his decisions were really good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I he's not going to get away with like the seven, eight, nine dribbles without going anywhere and trying to shake and bake. Oh, yeah. Like he's no not way. that. Just, and I would hope whatever coach draft him, correct. Like, so that's no way in hell are you doing that. That stuff is going to have to the the day he gets into the NBA has, has got has and if to doesn't be he's done. out like yes. you're out like yeah. So I don't know. I feel like I've been kind of. I said he's my number one player, but I feel like I'm kind of no. But it's it's a really good example so of like what's going on here. My, where I'm at with him is. He's unbelievable size. He's a good athlete. He's a great passer. Like, he's super young. Um, 
so that in itself is worthy of like mm-hmm. high level prospect. Yep. Just that. The reality. So you got that. Then the other side of it is bad shooter, bad defender, bad decision maker, mm-hmm. not that physical. <laughs> so like I don't know. You have I, to me. It's like where do you lean more towards? Do you see yep. the the size and the what I just mentioned, or do you look like for me? It's like I don't know. Like are we? If he's not good, are we going to be kicking ourselves and be like, how do we not see the 25% from three? Yeah. The five turnovers, what a four or five turnovers, like the bad defense. How, like, no, it's if fair. it doesn't work, I feel like we're going to be kicking ourselves. Be like, how did we not see that? Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, you're right. And it, and again, I feel like I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth, but that's, I'm, I don't, but I'm that's stuck the decision. with it. That is the decision. If it's whether it's the Timberwolves, yeah. whether it's the Cavs, whether it's the Knicks, yeah. whatever, and what number one comes up on the board, and you are choosing one of those two things. You are you are choosing to see the glass half full. Mm-hmm. You are choosing to see the glass half empty yeah. because the glass is it's both. Because I think it's important for everyone. Like there are some a group of people out there who are like all in on Lamelo, and it's they need to realize he was not good last year. Yeah. in Australia, he just objectively was bad. Totally, and like they that needs to be taken into consideration. Absolutely, and. You know, and and it's it's about how you take it into consideration. Yeah. That that's what it is. Is are you willing? Let's, let's talk about the shot. Like, are you willing to look at the shot and say, okay, your footwork is totally effed up, Awful. but your touch is nice, really good, totally spot on. Yep. You know, and and so again, half full, half empty, and and that's that's the thing. But but what I will say again, it's it's the whole idea of like exponential, because if the shot does work out there and the tu- and he, he controls the footwork enough to to take advantage of his very good touch on his on his jump shot or any sort mm-hmm. of shot then you know the way it hinders him is obvious right he's Ricky Rubio mm-hmm. like you know where where it's it's a um, I mean and we'll take say big names there's a lot of other guys who haven't had a jump shot just got out of the league but like Ricky Rubio is an obvious one like we've seen how not having a jump shot you know put a ceiling on what he could be same thing with Ben Simmons, super special player. To some degree, that cuts off X percent of what Ben Simmons can be there, right? So that the way it hinders him is obvious. But with Lamelo, like, if it is there, the, the upside, the upside is special because he does everything live. Yeah. Like he has the live dribble. He has the live, you know, the live dribble passing ability. He has the ability to to get to the pole really quick. He has quick footwork to pull up. He's quick footwork to be able to get the guy leaning to go to the basket, like. If the jump shot is there to set that stuff up, do you think it'll be there? Has Lonzo made it work? Would you say? Lonzo has, but I think I think it's a different sort of thing. Like Lonzo has has made a lot of the catch and shoot. Like that's where I see him being positive, like a positive shooter for that team. Is is in a catch and shoot setting? Like Lamelo almost has to be a good pull up dribble shooter, given his his game, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think. I mean, obviously, we. Yeah, because if Lonzo's gonna, or sorry, if Lamelo's gonna be good, the ball's gonna be in his hands the majority of the time, mm-hmm. or at least like half, depending on who he's with. Yeah, yeah but like yeah. Yes, he's yes. at his best when he, the, he's running the show, which means he's gonna need to be a pull-up shooter. Correct. Okay, so so Rubio, so Rubio has this year. I looked at he shot shot forty-two percent on catch and shoot threes, which is like really he's having a, his best three-point shooting year of his yeah. career, shooting thirty-five percent from three overall, but forty-two percent on catch and shoot threes. Okay. But off the bounce, he's fifteen percent on, on pull up on pull up threes this year. This year, yeah. How many? How, on how many attempts? Forty-seven. How the, many games the, does he play? Like 
fifty probably. So about one a game. Yeah, but I mean that's fifteen percent. Yeah, fifteen, and and you go back like in in previous years. I mean, it's a his pull up his pull up. Um, have you ever seen a gap? Have you ever seen a, a gap that big? <laughs> no, <laughs> ever. No, and, and but that's my point, right? Like that. That's the thing here is like, and that's what's held Ricky Rubio back. That's what's held Ricky Rubio back, and and you know he's making it work because he has got the catch and shoot thing down, but it's like. But with, not with having the pull. Ball. Yeah, like you're not going to come in and say, hey, man, just be a catch-and-shoot guy. Yeah. You know, that's what, Ricky's having a really good year this year, despite shooting 15% on, on, on pull-up, you know, threes. And other years, he's, One, he's 27, five, 28, 15. 22, tw- 22, 27. Those are his pull-up three numbers. He can't do that. It's like he's just not good enough of a shooter to be that. All right. guys are. We were talking about this with Tyus. Yeah. The last one, too. It, that was actually kind of a similar sort of thing. Yeah. Like you kind of got to be a special, more of a special shooter to be able to do it, like, off the bounce. So, like – but what I'm saying is, if he if he isn't a guy with a gap like this, and you and you throw that into the, the cocktail of the other things, good. I mean, it, there there's room for it to be special. All it takes those one of these cocktails, one of these ingredients to be poisonous, and you're screwed. But like, I actually like his shot. I want to say that I think he. You said this footwork is really messed up. I agree. His touch is really good. I agree. Mm-hmm. I would way rather have it be that way than the other way around. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I can work with footwork. I can't really work with touch. Yes. So, like, for me, I if Lonzo, he's a much better shooter than – I don't know about much better. He's a better shooter than Lonzo coming out. Yeah. Um, well, and, and, like, we should clarify that the mechanical issues are different here. Yes. Like, his is not – his – LaMelo's mechanics aren't as big of like, – Would not you terrible. say a lot of his mechanical issues are, like, waist down? He doesn't LaMelo? really bend his knees to shoot. Yeah, it's all and his body. feet are, like – yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're di- his feet and stuff are different every single time. Whereas Lonzo was more of like a square shooter, but you know he had his weird like swinging across his body, you know, mechanical issues that he's worked out this year, and now he's a, which makes sense. Like he already was square, his feet were fine. He squared up his mechanics against shoot. So Lamelo shoots like he he wants you to know he's not really trying. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like like the Which Instagram. I hate, I hate that. Yeah. Like the Instagram analogy, man. I know. He wants to like just kind of throw it up there. And if it I mean, goes in, it's like, yeah, see, this is easy. Yeah, and I hate that. And it goes in 25% of the time. I hate that element. Like, <laughs> Is that fair, though? Like, just yeah, how he totally. shoots? Like, I don't know. I'm watching him literally right now. And, <laughs> like, it's – yeah, I don't know. It's – no, it's 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 concerning. At least, though, you know, at least the touch is there. The issues with shot selection, like, are for sure – you know, a big deal. But again, you go back to Rubio you, or you go back to Ben Simmons and they've like chosen a shot selection that works get, even with a limited sort of, you know, a limited sort of shot mix. Right. Like what, what do you, what does like a fully recognized Ricky Rubio look like in the NBA? If it would have like, were, I mean, he tears his ACL a second year that obviously, you know, sets him in a bad spot. Like the better situation, obviously Minnesota was a mess for a lot of it. You know, his time there, like had a couple Good years with like Love and Peckovich, those teams, but like, you know, better development in his jumper in the beginning years of his career. If he would have became a better finisher, like the finishing to me is what stood out the most. Yeah, and you watch. I mean, no, no, no. You I watch, mean, but like, but I, okay, but what if Ricky Rubio had that? What if Ricky Rubio would have been able to be a better finisher? I mean, I I always thought of Rondo. I don't just like a guy like that, right? Who who like wasn't gonna shoot farther from fifteen feet. Yeah. but was going to have 33 points some games. Just because, like, right. you know what I mean? Like, that type of special mm-hmm. player where it's like, I'm the not going to The funny thing shoot. is that's not an option anymore in the NBA. Like, your point guard can't be that. 
No, I agree. I, like like twenty. I think that's at almost every level of basketball. Right. So so like the shot has to <laughs> the shot has to work. Right. Otherwise, because because you can't be like two thousand eight Rondo, right? Right. Two thousand ten or whatever. And it was. I I can't remember. I think we mentioned this on another pod. At least maybe I did. Is like, I, and again, this is going to be contradicting Lamelo. I'm tired of sh- taking guys who are like we're not sure if he can shoot like why can't we just take a guy it's like he's gonna be able to shoot yeah that's fair like I, you know what i mean i don't know there's how many options of that are there of the, in this class will this again this class is not good and i've said it every pod that this is why i would trade the pick sure but, but yeah this draft there's not a lot at the, at the top of it on, on who are i mean so many of these lottery picks are for sure going to need to rework their shot mechanics yeah and even guys who have shot a good percentage. Neesmith and Vassell are probably two of the guys yeah, who, who are lottery talents who are going to be good shooters. Yes. But Halliburton is going to need to rework yes. his, his shot form. Isaac Okoro can yes. have to rework his shot form. Like The I bigs. Mean, none of the big – Obi Toppin can shoot it, but mm-hmm. not the other bigs. Okongu doesn't shoot at all. Like, Yeah. So, again, we're we're operating in this murky water of that is the 2020 draft class. Yeah. Which is why, again – I'm going to – we've said this every podcast, but, like, if you're going to keep the pick, take the guy with the highest upside. And I think we all agree – you and I both agree that it's LaMelo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's even for me, too, coming from somebody who's a Anthony Edwards, like, by relative terms, believer, Yeah, you know. And and I think, I think part of it, too, and maybe this is how we transition to defense a little bit, is – is it's really important. I mean, actually, again, and this this applies to the Timberwolves, but it applies to a lot of these teams. Like, it's going to really hurt any of these teams to draft just like a one way guy who's just an offensive, an mm-hmm. offensive option. Whether that's Anthony Edwards, whether that's Halliburton, whether whoever. Like, if they if they can't play defense, that that will that will really hurt their their stock here. And I think for me with Lamelo Ball, and I'll go back to his size, is I think. I think he can be in a positively impactful defensive player. Even okay. even though we saw we saw lapses, we saw him standing upright a lot. We saw him, you know, he he was steel hunting a bunch, like overplaying DHOs, all those sort of things. They're kind of like the offense. There's a lot of issues that were glaring about his defense. But w- but what I like is the fact that you can put him theoretically in in different spots defensively, particularly in pick and roll defense. And I think that's huge for the Timberwolves. Yeah. <laughs> you hate his defense. I mean, to be 6'7 with a 6'10 wingspan and to be that bad, mm-hmm. what she was last year, like, yeah. you should be decent on accident because of, like, your length and stuff. Mm-hmm. He, was, he, was, he, was, he was really bad. The, the, like, the, the synergy, like, stats and are horrible. Stuff, like, and the, the film backed it up. Like, yeah. he was not, like, I don't know. So Okay, c- can I make the case? Please do convince me. So, all right. So, we, so we have the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? You have I – mean, we're assuming they're going to be playing Cat again at center in a dropping sort of scheme, which means they're going to have the other four guys out there switching somewhat interchangeably in that sort of way. But but Cat is just your cornerstone, your back line there. The other four guys are interchangeable. Ideally, then, you're going to have a point of attack defender and you're going to hide D'Angelo Russell off the ball. Yep, and that point of attack defender will probably be Malik Beasley as your starter, or Josh Okogie off the bench. What is missing, and what has been missing for the Timberwolves for a really long time in this defensive construct, is a guy like in the stunting or the tag role or like the dig role sort of area there, 
And while a lot of LaMelo's film is bad, I liked the way he read the ball in off-ball situations defensively. I think he could play that off-ball wing, specifically yeah. in the way that the Wolves run it. The question, and again, this is very similar to the offense, he needs to be more physical to play that role. You're going to be guarding yes. bigger players, and if you're a tag man, you're going to need to tag the big. You're going to need to be able to, to, to hit him and even, even switch onto that in some situations. And right now, you go put him in an NBA game, he's getting squished. But I like his ability to be able to read that yes. spot, and that also that fits the Timberwolves. He reads it really well. I agree. And I think that comes with how well he sees the floor in offense. When, mm -hmm. you have, when he's on defense and a team's coming off a ball screen, his offensive mind turns on, and he knows where things go. What I didn't like was he would be in the right spot, but he would never make a play. Do you know what I mean? Like he would be in a perfect spot. I know, it's like is it from my coat from a coach's standpoint? It's like, boom! Like he's in the help side. Perfect. They hit the roll guy, and he's right there to take it away. And he would like get out of the way and well, like back to get your hands dirty. Try to swipe at it yeah. and miss it, and the guy would dunk it. And it's like if you're gonna be in the right spot, like be in the like do, do something, something. Yeah. right. So to me, it was frustrating because like he would read things correctly mm -hmm. like you said he was like he's got a great he sees the floor really well both on offense and defense but at the end of the day that only gets you so far like you have to be able to actually do something then when you're in the right spot do you feel that we can fairly assess him off of the film defensively i i think the answer the answer can be yes the answer can be yes, but like fairly yes. Is it is it accurate? That might be a, the better way to. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think we have a. I have a good idea. There's watching twelve hour games. It's like defense. literally, yeah, but it's literally like a hundred possessions. Yes, you know, probably twenty percent of that time they're getting absolutely. Can I ask you a question? Rocked. Can I yeah, ask you a question? Ahead. Have you ever seen somebody run into more screens? <laughs> I'm being serious. Think about yeah. this. Yeah, which is which is so weird because. It, but here's what it reminded me. Of. I'm going to answer okay. my own question. <laughs> he would run into a screen. And like, how do like? He would try to show like he was working really hard, but it was like his excuse to take a break was just like running the screen <laughs> and then like kind of flail, and then yeah. his guy would be ten feet away from him. But he wanted yeah. the coach to think like he was going really hard <laughs> to get through the screen. And like we teach our guys at St. Thomas, like don't get screened. That's like yeah. one of the number one. Our we have yeah. principles, whatever. One of our main ones is just don't get screened. So get over the screen, get under the screen, but do not run into the guy setting this, the pick because mm -hmm. then you're automatically at a huge disadvantage. Right. He, like, ran into every screen. I could not believe it. Okay, so so this has probably happened before where you guys have had one of your best offensive guards has been a guy who runs into a lot of screens. Like, what did you do? <laughs> Hope he made more threes than he gave up. <laughs> So, so I mean, I, yeah, it's I mean, frustrating. But is it, is it, yeah, okay, so it's frustrating. Is it learnable? <sighs> yeah. Sounds like no. I mean, yes, but like. I don't know. I mean, that, I don't know the answer to that. I say it because, like, yeah, you can get better at it, but then I, feel, I still feel like from a, from a coaching perspective, you still focus on, the, like, when it does happen. Like, you okay. don't see, like, the three times he does it right, but you see the one or two times it's like it still goes yeah. wrong. So, I don't know. I – to me, if you took away – the reason to be optimistic about his defense is the fact that he's 6'7", 
and six ten wingspan. Yeah. Six ten wingspan, and in theory has really good court vision. <laughs> if you took, I mean, those yeah. are three important things. But other than that, to me, there was nothing to like. Yeah. So okay, so do you think that he can? Is he the type of defender? And there's a lot of these in the league. Point guards like D'Angelo Russell who have to be hidden. And I mean, we saw that in D'Lo's twelve games with the Wolves. Like they played the Hornets. And they put him on like the backup small forward. They did whatever, and then they hit him there. Is do you think Lamelo Ball is a guy that's that if you're trying to win games, he needs to be in that role that DeAndre Russell is in? Early on, yes. So that so early okay. on, yes. He's he's gonna have to. I think the answer to that is early on, yes, too. Definitely, I, I, I think, think he's gonna be horrible on defense this first couple of years. Okay, so now this this leads to like a a bigger like. Picture philosophical question about drafting with a few of the Timberwolves. Yes, right. And this hold on, can I can I say something ahead. on top? So I think he's going to be horrible early on. He's the type of guy though that if his mentality is in a good spot mm-hmm. and he gets stronger because he needs to get way stronger, way stronger, and he gets tougher, he could go from being really bad mm-hmm. to by the time he's 24, 25 to being pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's a lot of guys like that who have that wide a spectrum on defense. And, and I think I think his spectrum is is very wide. What was I just saying before you cut me off? Uh, I cut yeah. you off again. No, 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 no. I'm not even saying it like that. I, I forget. It. But okay, th- here obviously now this is I I personally think that Ben Simmons is one of the best defenders in the league. Right. But but he did not have that rap coming out. You mm. Obviously saw, and he he's much, even coming out. He was stronger and more athletic yeah. than the Melo Ball. The Ben. We got to be careful with that comparison. I'm not making two. that comparison. Okay. I'm not. Let, let just let me go here. It, it's. It's this idea that he could, again, develop that and defend multiple positions, mm-hmm. and that would mean, and that would mean that he doesn't need to be a guy that is hidden. I'm not saying he becomes Ben Simmons. I'm not not saying yeah. that at all. It's 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 the idea of that. Like again, well, Philly is actually a really good comparison defensively to the Wolves. Like they do the same thing. They drop Embiid right. And they put like Josh Richardson's, like they're Josh Okogie at the point of attack. And Ben Simmons, what I think Ben Simmons is the best at in the league, like he's number one, is he is the best tag man in in the entire okay. NBA, because because your tag man's now six ten, right? Or or it can just be a, like a switch, like he could switch onto the big, like right. when those guys come down, he can, or if the guard comes right into him, you're running into a center sort of size. Again, he's not going to be be able to do that. And Philly's like literally one of the has the best defensive personnel in the entire NBA. But by adding a player that is even just the same shape as Ben Simmons, you're giving yourself something more. And now maybe this is kind of, I'm just thinking about this right now, how I was talking about how Jarrett Culver is the exact same size as the Mellow, and I don't think Jarrett Culver can do that. But the difference there is I think that LaMelo is better at reading the floor, just in general, mm-hmm. than Culver's. How was, was Ben Simmons good at defense right, right away? Right when he came into the NBA, he really was. Actually, he was. yeah. Okay. I, I think. I mean, I'd, I guess I'd have to go back and look more, but reputation-wise, in my head, it didn't. It didn't take very long. Okay. Oh, this is what I was gonna say. Okay, so if it is a while, where like mm-hmm. even Lamelo, like it's gonna take a couple of years to iron out both of those things mm-hmm. offensively, and this, well, let's call it specifically defensively, because there's just not there's not a lot of the Wolves can't wait a long a while to be competent defensively. Right. right. So if that is the fact, and we know that it's like there's no way Lamelo is going to be able to defend competently until he puts on 20 pounds and like irons out some things. Now that's two, three years down the road. D'Lo has three years left on his contract. Cat has four. So 
the idea of just drafting anyone as part of like your core, your core that you know isn't going to be realized until those guys are at the end of their contract, like that's an issue. And now people can say, well, you know, just resign deal or resign cat. Well, no, I mean like that's a whole nother that's a whole nother max contract that is more expensive. One, who knows if dealer or cat will even resign that? There's like it's the best argument. That is the best argument, I think, for drafting a Nanyaka Kongwu, a Devin Vassell, one of those sort of guys, is you can't wait three years. Mm-hmm. You can't wait three years because the Wolves are already on this kind of – they're like getting onto a razor right here where it's this works or it doesn't. And if Lamelo's not going to be there, because he is 18 and a half years old, that, that's the best case to me for saying don't, don't draft this kid. It's going to take too long. So is that also the argument for just don't draft or don't trade it? Just yeah, I mean, and I'm with you too on the on the on the trade it, but it becomes what it like. How valuable is it as a trade asset? That, that we could, we don't know that. Yeah, I mean, we don't. You I don't. Would, know and that. you would answer that better than I could. But I mean, it's it's for sure valuable. It's it's for sure valuable. Right. It's not going to be the number one pick like normal. But but yeah, right. I I think I think you really I think you really I say this as somebody who does who. I think, generally speaking, more than whatever the draft or analyst consensus, I like Lamelo Ball and Anthony Edwards more than most people. I think, from from what I can gather, and even as that, I think you mitigate the risk of of Edwards or Ball not working by trading the pick and and recouping some, if not all, of that of that value. Because I just think you need to have a twenty five year old to yeah. be that third guy. And, I would agree with that. And an 18-year-old is – it's just like – like w- w- everyone is like, well, the Warriors are going to trade their pick for sure, right? right. Like Kevin, they're like, why the hell would we – why would they take a freshman right. to, put, to be on a team that's going to go win the championship next year? I agree. You think well, the Warriors are going to win it next year? Well, compete for a championship okay. next year. I don't know. Maybe. You got to be excited. Yeah, see if there's a league. Um, but, like, the, the same thing could go for a really bad team like the Wolves too yeah. because, like, they're – their best players are like ready to go. They're not really in the like they have maybe one more year of development stage. Right. And then it's like then this it's, works or it doesn't. Then you got to win. And I don't know. It's it's the scary it's the scary part of this. And then it's like okay, somebody left, and now you just have Lamelo Ball. You just have Anthony Edwards. Like what? Right. Back down into the toilet. You know. Right. <laughs> which is which is funny to say because they literally have the third worst record in the league <laughs> already. <laughs> Um, why do you think that, uh, so Kevin O'Connor has ball fourth, which means he has Killian Hayes, Anthony Edwards, and Tyrese Halliburton ahead of him. Sam Vecini has the ball one. Uh, where does he, where does Vecini have Halliburton? Like seven or eight. I don't even know if I would have had him that high. I, I, I'm not going to, but, but okay. So. So why does and then and then Mike Schmitz has or ESPN has him second behind Edwards. Okay. So so why does why does Kevin O'Connor have Halliburton, Edwards, and Hayes over Lamelo Ball? All three of them. Good question. I, my guess is that is that O'Connor is focusing. We talked about glass half full versus half mm-hmm. empty. He's he's looking at the the negatives. I mean, he's looking at like what's baking in, front in of the him. risk. Like, what's, yeah. what's in front of the the bad shooting, the bad yeah. playmaking. Um, or decision making, I should say, playmaking, playmaking. It's just interesting that they as Hayes won. Then you know, like yeah, I don't know. I th- I think 
now that we have the synergy for for yeah. overseas guys, I think we we had what two full games on on Hayes. Yeah, we gotta go back. So much. we might have to go back and and I don't know. Maybe he. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I think that's a really good question. So so then okay then why do why do you think Vicini is like clearly he's my one glass half full. Yeah, honestly, I, though, I, mean, I think that, yeah, I that's think just, maybe that's just yeah. What it is. I just it it depends. Like, and, and we've we've mentioned it, but it just depends on how like do the strengths outweigh the weaknesses. And that sounds really simple, but I think mm-hmm. with Lamelo Ball, it's really important because there's both. Clearly, there's both, and it's what's gonna what's gonna come to mm-hmm. fruition in the NBA. And and I think just kind of to come to a conclusion on this is that yeah. Let's summarize. Let's summarize. Yeah. It, well, it's just. I'm I'm betting on the glass half full more based on the notion of the Timberwolves. Okay. And how I feel like I very much understand how they want to play. Okay, fair. And and I think this type of player fits that. Anthony Edwards I think, you know, can too, but he fits in the way that Malik Beasley does. And and I think there's there's more overlap between Malik Beasley and Anthony Edwards than there is between D'Angelo Russell and LaMelo Ball, which I wouldn't have said coming into this. But I, I found ways in, sure. my, in my head now that I can see those, those two being, you know, different enough that it, it, it fits better. And it, it shouldn't just be about fit, but, but it's because he fits that LaMelo Ball becomes the best player available, in my opinion. Okay, I agree with that. And I, I think from the Wolf standpoint, you're spot on. I just – I think there are st- – the reasons I'm still concerned about him are, like, the things I've talked about that I just don't know if they're going to change. Like, yeah. is he going to be able to defend? Is he going to be able to yeah. be physical? So, I don't know. I The fit is great on paper, but those from my, like, coaching lens or however you want to sure. put it, like, that's what that's what worries me. Like, if you can't guard, it doesn't matter how good your offensive fit is. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can't shoot a three – or make a three, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how good a pass. You know what I mean? Like so, right. there's there are things that 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 concern me, and I I yes, that's how I would put it. I uh, so before I wrap up, the one thing I want to bring up, and this is kind of like removed from the basketball element of it, but you know we're we're kind of giving ourselves our like GM soapbox mm-hmm. here by by doing this, and I think if you are the GM, or if you're if you're Christian Rosas, or if you're uh, Leanne Rose with the Knicks, or somebody like that. You do have to factor in popularity here. Yeah. And that could almost – that in and of itself could be something that – Sways them. You know, I, I mean, is that – how stupid is that? So, I was going to ask you, with the la- with the loss of revenue with the Wolves, I'm assuming they've lost a fair amount of revenue with everything going on, right? Yeah, sure. Ticket sales and all that. How important is it to get a guy that's going to sell tickets? So – Because if they're, if, they're, if they're 50-50 on, on Ball and Edwards or Ball and Wiseman – like, is there a chance they just make the better business move? I, I, I think I think yes, if the asset value holds. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, we take – we think LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards are the exact same asset value. Let's take – this team is in a desperate like, – is in desperate need of an insertion of, like, intrigue. Yeah. Like, literally to – I don't want to go too hyperbolic to save the franchise, but like all teams right now are in a bad business spot. The Wolves were in a bad business spot before. Last in overall attendance, home and road in, in the whole NBA. I was actually trying to look it up. I couldn't find exactly where Fox Sports North 
falls in in ratings, but it, it it's it's low there too. Like this team needs the mellow ball. Yeah. In 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 that way. In in that way from like from like a business standpoint with this team. And and if it's close, there's something to be said about like positively generated energy. Yeah. And 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 the reason the reason this is important if you're the Timberlands and you do look at it more through like a in a vacuum is like for Gerson Rosas to be this wheeling and dealing GM that he already is and is going to continue to be, he needs to have full financial support from Glenn Taylor. Like to be able to do the Andrew Wiggins trade, I don't even know if you know this, to be able to do the Andrew Wiggins, the Andrew Russell trade, the Wolves had to go into luxury tax. Like that's the only way it was going to happen because the Warriors said, we're only doing this if we get out of the tax. Sure. So they threw in Omari Spellman, Jacob Evans, and, you know, and Russell. And it, it put the Wolves in the tax. Glenn Taylor greenlighted that. And I was like, cool. I believe in your, like, believe in your vision. And Gerson Rosas literally needed that green light mm-hmm. to be able to do it. But at what point does, does Glenn Taylor start saying, hey, no, we're not paying the luxury tax. Or maybe not even that. We're not even going over, like, oh, we'll give you to the cap. We're not, right. we're not, because there's this, there's still like this, like, $15 million range between the cap and the tax. Or even more than that. Like, and, and it's very important for particularly a wheeling and dealing Timberwolves front office to have full financial support. And if you have a lamella ball, I, I would love to know what the added expected added value that brings to your franchise. That's a great question. I I think that's a factor. Yeah, I think it is too. Cause you do. Yeah. You bring a, you bring a ton of Zion, man. I mean, Zion has made the Pelicans. Like, I, I think about this every single time I see a Zion Williamson jersey. I'm like, man, Pelican jerseys suck. Mm-hmm. Like, they're so ugly. But it's Zion it's Williamson, Zion. Yeah. you know? And, and it, it, like, assuming that he stays there through his rookie contract, signs a new max deal with them, I mean, he's going to be there for, like, a decade. You think he'll be better than, uh, his, than Lonzo? LaMelo will be better than Lonzo? <clears throat> if you had to bet. See, I are I, – I know you like Lonzo. I really like Lonzo, and I think Lonzo's already like. St- I, I think like under the radar has already kind of come into like. Where would Lonzo go in this draft? Like, if you knew you were getting like this version, this version of him. I mean, now he's like twenty three or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think he'd be up there. Yeah, I think he'd be up there. I mean, I, I think Lonzo's really special, and and quite frankly, like, it's it it factors in that factors in to the way I like Lamelo is is I think I think Lonzo is special in reading the floor. Yeah. And I think that's a brain thing. And and it would make sense to me that his brother would have a lot of a lot of those similar traits. And yeah, I, I mean I think I'd, I'd take Lonzo high in this draft and and it's part of the reason why I think LaMelo has the the chance to be even more cuz he has more talent than Lonzo. To be he yeah, has he a does. chance to be He does. To, he to has more talent and he's and he's bigger. Yep, which is that's a lot. Yeah. Twenty what JJ Reddick, twenty percent. Yeah. Like twenty yeah. Um I don't know. I think uh did, okay, did you think we were gonna agree like this or did, like or disagree or what it's how, funny how did this how did this play out? It's funny because we agree, but I think we don't agree. I, you know what I, I mean? No, like I do, yeah. we I'm more skeptical. Yeah, mm-hmm. I he's he's who I think is should be the number one player in the draft. Yeah. Um I think we're just saying it kind of different too. Yeah, I just I think that's part of it. I'm probably good fo- that you're, yeah, that I'm you're probably focused that. more on on the negatives than than you might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. I I 
and maybe this will change by the time the draft rolls around. Um, maybe, but I mean, <laughs> probably not. Yeah. I mean, it, so I'll say that, like, I, I will at some point in the next few months, I will write something that says like, I think LaMelo ball should be the, you know, the, the Timberwolves yeah. first pick, but if they draft Anthony Edwards, that's not getting a bad draft grade for me. It is for you. <laughs> you yes. Give me a face. But like, I'm not talking about me, you know? So it's like, it's, I'm not putting him in a tier by himself. I'm putting him as the best player in the top tier of a draft that is weird. So you weird. think he's in a tier by himself? No, I don't. I'm saying oh, he don't. is in a tier with, gotcha. I thought you, with okay. Edwards. I heard you wrong. With Sorry. Edwards and maybe Wiseman. But Wiseman clearly three would be that's, – that's where I'm at on, on, this, on this class right now. You I think there's like ten guys that – like the top tier is like – I don't know. I, yeah, well, I, that, that's how we differ. That's yeah. how we differ. Because then for me, it's like ten guys after that. that it's like I'm not even going to – like I think you'd have then like – you want to save a sales for sure. I'd be like, yeah, that's cool. Like I'd agree with that. Or if yeah. somebody, you know, put a lot of other people there, like I'm not going to, I wouldn't have a problem with that. That, that second group to me is clearly different based on upside. And that's what I'm seeing in Anthony Edwards, the ball and James Wiseman is this chance that a superstar could be there. Yes. I'm would be shocked if anyone else in the lottery is. And I think to like summarize from a wolf standpoint, D'Angelo Russell, Lamella ball and cat, Take everything out would be a ton of fun. Yeah, would be awesome. O- offensively, yeah. <laughs> defensively, I don't know, but like Offense it would be really fun. fun to watch. Um, and ho- I mean, hopefully, hopefully it hopefully it translates to wolves on the map. Yes, and hopefully it translates to wins. Um, but trans <laughs> that's already in question. Like who knows, you know? Right. And I yeah. But yes, from a from an entertainment standpoint, that's part of the reason I want Lamelo. Right. Is just to have. Every, I mean. It'd be fun Just to see what happens. It'd, it'd be entertaining. We'd give we'd give up a hundred and fifty points a year. <laughs> uh, on that note, that's Wildeberg <laughs> at Wildeberg fourteen. Uh, I'm Dane at Dane Moore NBA. Uh, thanks for listening to this. We're gonna have we're gonna do another one um, right before Tuesday. It's come out a little bit before Fourth of July. And now that we have this international uh, tape, we're gonna do Denny Avdia and RJ Hampton, right? So we said, yeah. Um, so so look for that next week. Thank you again. And uh, I don't know. Probably for a lot of your friends, like the deep dives into <laughs> like Zeke Naji might not be interesting. But share this podcast to uh, any of your friends or fellow Timberwolves fans, whatever that might be looking for something Timberwolves related. Because I really think at some point, man, it's going to come down to like they get the first pick. This is going to be a serious question. Like I, this is the question. I was going to say, and I know you're wrapping up the pod, but like I think. From what I know, the, the most likely guy to end up on the Wolves as of right now is Lamella Ball. Agree. And I said Anthony Edwards before. And I think, changed my mind. I think he is the most likely. And it's not a high percentage. Nobody has a high percentage to be on the right, team. But like I think 13, I think 14% yeah, chance of, so of I think, the first pick. Yeah, I think the most likely rookie to end up on mm-hmm. the Wolves is Lamella Ball. I'm, I'm looking forward to revisiting this when uh, – once we actually do a, a, a big board sort yeah. of thing and to really looking at LaMelo versus every one of these players yeah. kind of like specifically going through that we'll dive back into to, to French guys too exactly uh, that's Will I'm Dane until next week peace out how I'm feeling man I hope it never stop yeah green and hot so you can find me in the crowd yeah yeah don't let standards ever ever bring you down yeah hope you dancing like no